I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello everyone, welcome to part three of the Stompcast. Josh and I are still wandering in uh, Richmond Park and it's been a fantastic conversation. I've absolutely loved this, honestly. I think we connect so much. We are, I think we're, we're so deeply connected in many of the things that we've talked about. And I haven't run the 76 marathon, so I'm not talking about that side of it, but perhaps I think, I think in our, in our wise are very similar. <laughs> our wise. I did do a Bath half marathon once. So that, Amazing. That, Amazing. That, I have a, <laughs> do you know what, listen, Alex, what yeah. I always say to people though, like we touched on earlier, when people say, you know, what I've done is nothing in comparison to you, your half marathon is the same as my 76 marathons. And I know people laugh and disbelieve that. It's all relative. The pain and the exhaustion. Oh, I nearly killed And me. the test that you go through <laughs> in that half is no yeah. different to what I go through yeah, with the 76. Yeah, There's just a few more added onto mine. And there is, a, there is a marathon in me because I promised a dear friend of mine, Freya Barlow, who passed away at medical school from leukemia, that I would run the marathon, London Marathon for her because we were going to do it together. But she, but she after a... A relatively long uh, battle with leukemia passed away so one day i will run that marathon are you going to do london her. next year i i'm not uh i'm not currently planning or haven't entered to do it but i will i will do it i will do it would you do it next year as in the one coming the one coming i don't know maybe what would what would put you off right i, I want to put you on the spot in this podcast right now what would what's putting you off doing london next year i think because i've started getting into my weights and my running, and I'm, I worry about derailing myself from the positive thing that from doing it now. Like if I start running, will that drop away from my weights and the gain, the, Absolutely the kind not. of development I've made in that space? Absolutely not. No, it, it comes hand in hand. If anything, I think it's the lack of understanding with the it's strength not, and yeah, conditioning it's not side. So much I mean, because obviously, you, I don't mean because obviously people think that you're going to lose muscle if you do it, but I just mean in terms of the routine I'm in. I'm just in this good routine. Will no, because I, I think that, it's about think? it's about creating that synergy, isn't yeah. it, between the two. And I think there's never going to be a right time to do it. But I, I don't know. I'm putting you on the spot here. You can completely edit this out. But I just feel no, like we'll there are moments where somebody comes into your life. And I feel like right now what you've just said there is so powerful. Mm. Like the why mm. behind you doing this. And I feel like London would just be the best marathon for you to do it in yeah. because you know, it's, it's the capital of our country. And I think why, I will why two years sure. from now? And I think if, if you were to do it next year, you know, it's being able to support and enable you to do that. Because again, like I said, like, you know, you're at the start of your running journey and it would, well, on a selfish reason, it would make me hugely proud to see wow. you go on and do it. I would love to do it. Maybe I should, re I, did, I did run the bath half for, um, 
call Freya um, when we did that years ago we were at medical school for leukemia research so perhaps I should reach out with them and see what they say. Maybe I should um, do a poll actually and bring my audience in and, and ask the question should should he do the marathon and if it's conclusive then to be honest I don't think you can really uh, well, I don't have a place at the moment so well uh, if I if I, I can happily sort you out with one I'm finding oh, so God. many ways here to uh, not let you get out of this. Maybe maybe if it's not this year then I think it has to be the next. So Amazing. There's, there's, a, there's a commitment at least within that. I think it's been in my head really partly subconsciously that I would get into the running now with a view in the next year or so to do it because it's a good well you, people do it in the 50s 60s and 70s but it's a great why not in the 30s great time. To, 100% to do when, it. when I did Sri Lanka I, I did this ultra 250 kilometers over five days in the jungle and a man in his 50s called Salome a Jordanian won it that's and I think that for me was so unbelievably insightful that age is so irrelevant yeah. when it comes to running. Yeah. It's just the desire to do well, it's it. It's kind of like the, the Chris Hemsworth like, Limitless one with that chap in it that starts cycling and then he starts cycling in like 70s yeah. and he's doing like ridiculous distances and he's like, I think 80s or 90s. Exactly. Or and I mean, you don't have to be going on to, to do exceptional times to inspire people. Like you taking up running now is going to bring a huge audience into running because again people will relate to you more than they may relate to someone else and this is what I mean I just I, I love the fact that individuals from again different walks of life are, are, are starting to discover running and realizing that it doesn't have to be this painful and miserable experience yeah. doesn't always have to be about elite exactly elite absolutely well moving from 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 there onwards to a potential question mark I guess around I will do the marathon question mark as to, as to when <laughs> talk to me about uh talk to me about a ma the marathon of writing a book there we go yes segue into into that because that in itself writing a book is definitely something i can talk about it is a real it's a real challenge and you really do have to know your why when you're writing a book because yeah. it's hard and a lot of time it's very it's, it's not just hard and, and and personal in terms of the time you have to commit to it and the work you put into it but let's be honest it brings a lot out of yourself as well and a lot of stuff that you kind of go through in that process. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, how many books have you done now? So um, two, there's two adult books and a children's book. Um, a Better Day Journal is being published in January or will be published as this uh, goes out. Amazing. And, I'm, and they're working on my next adult book now. So Wow. Yeah. I mean, you, so you, you get the process. I mean, the book is something that I have been reluctant to do for so many years but I think there's there's always been the possibility of doing one and I think for for several reasons I think the timing of things wasn't right I think you are right in the sense that you have got to understand what your why is when writing that book because ultimately when somebody reads it you need to make the the, the most amount of impact that you possibly can and I think if you're unsure of what it is that you're trying to achieve with the book. I feel like the reader will probably catch on to that themselves. So then after the challenge, after Run for One Million, I basically got a phone call to say that Penguin would really love to speak to me. And I spoke with the most amazing woman, Amy, from there. And, you know, she, she kind of put the question to me and said, have you ever thought about writing one? And I said, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, academically at school, I... I wasn't the strongest, to, to put it bluntly, and you know my dyslexia. I've got under, un, sorry, undiagnosed ADHD, but that's something I'm in the process now of, of figuring out, and that's been a huge question mark. I would say in my life that 
I'm actually pretty excited to explore now and understand that and how that can be improved. And so the idea of sitting down and writing a book with my level of concentration, but also my ability to write in terms of like how poor my punctuation and my grammar is, I just don't know if this is going to make a great book. And she sat there and just said, you know, just talk, talk to me about your life, just share a few experiences. She was like, that's the reason why you need to write this book. The rest, don't worry about it. You know, that's where we're here to support you with it. And so I was connected with another amazing woman, Amy, who has supported me with this book and genuinely held my hand. Like I've never had someone make me feel at ease in a process, in all honesty, that makes me feel so vulnerable. And, you know, this is what I mean by surrounding yourself with the right people. And so, when I was writing these chapters, it's 76 short chapters, finding strength and vulnerability. It was a case of where does the title come from? And so I started throwing loads of titles to the book, you know, my alter ego of the Phoenix, was it find your Phoenix and all these things. And they were coming back, not quite. And then one day I was looking down at my wrist and when I found out I was going to be a dad, it was a really vulnerable point in my life where I wasn't with the mother and there was a lot going on in my personal life that I was trying to figure out. And it was a really scary time. And when India, my daughter came into this world, somebody had sent a bracelet through the post, which I'm actually wearing. This is awesome. And I looked down and on the bracelet it says, fortune favors the brave. And inside is India's name and her date of That's birth. Beautiful. And I literally sent that straight away to them and said, would you allow me to have the title Fortune Favours the Brave? And it was That's agreed. Amazing. And now that is the title of the book. So That's it does absolutely amazing. It does come from a I've very, very personal place. I've never heard a better place. way of having a title chosen for any book, I don't think. That's, that's amazing. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Why was the focus so much on you know, vulnerability and the kind of learning that you can take from that? Was that because of your own experience? Is that because of what you saw in terms of men and things? What, what was the reason for that? Exactly, because I think, I think wonderful things come from vulnerability. I think to, to be vulnerable is to, is to show strength. I think it's, a, it's, it's absolutely fine. I think when you look back on, I think the, or when you read the book and, and you look back on the things that I've shared, you know, everything that I've achieved in my life has come from vulnerable moments. And again, what we were discussing earlier, I think it's about redefining what vulnerability means. And I really do hope that anyone that reads this book, and, and I think in particular as well, I really hope that, you know, for me, that title in itself, I think is going to 
pose some questions for maybe men in particular. Mm. And I, I feel think, like men are really going to, I think everyone, for obvious I, reasons, read the book, but I hope men pick I think up there might book. be pushback. If you want my honest answer, mm. I think there might be some pushback with men, and I think there might be some question marks around that title. You know, that, that title of vulnerability in itself, I think, is a bit of a taboo topic of conversation with men, because again, it's like, what does that mean? And I think it's, it's actually reading the book and understanding the context of it, I hope is what men will take strength from. Um, and the 76 short chapters, and again, this journey of me discovering and hopefully having this diagnosis of, of, of ADHD, I had to basically create this book that would cater for someone with that condition. So for me, it was a case of, exactly. So for, you know, for anyone that doesn't have it, no one's gonna read a book that may be slightly tailored towards somebody who does have it and be put off by it. In the end of the day, a short chapter is a short chapter. If the context of the chapter is still strong and impactful, it makes no difference. For me, I just knew that I don't have the ability to read multiple pages. But when it comes to maybe two pages per chapter, it's more achievable Brilliant. and things like Brilliant. pictures, you know, for me, I, I always connected with picture books and I, I needed some context to visualize, you know, what it was that I was reading. Some books may prefer not to have that. So it even kind of took me on a journey here of like how we could tailor this book to cater for somebody like that. Because again, for me, I think academically, the problem we had with the system was that curriculum kind of fit all. And actually what we know now is that that just isn't the case. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I, I don't know if, if you would know, but I, I have ADHD. I was diagnosed uh, just over a year and a bit ago now. So I've been in, I've very recently gone through a lot of that kind of learning as well. And I think that is a lot of what's been tra transformative to me. And I absolutely relate with what you say with the things like the chapters. It's like it's little things that can support, you know, it's not even really a minority implies not many people. There's well over two million people in the UK, adults, sorry, that have uh, ADHD, many of which who are undiagnosed. Um, you know, so it, by changing and doing something that is helpful for that minority, doesn't have to take away from the majority, does it? Because actually for anyone to want to see shorter chapters are nicer because you're focusing on, on messages, but it's not detracting from that, but you're also including other people as well, which is which is really important. And so I wonder, you know, from that perspective, then do you look, you know, if you do go on to be diagnosed with ADHD or ADD, do you look back in on your life? Does that kind of would that make sense to you in things in your life? Like, would do you think that would draw together certain it's, factors that would that, that would align? Exactly. And I mean, to be honest with you, I, I it wasn't even something that I had even considered or, or probably had any uh, investment in until about a year ago where I was having a session with my therapist who I've, I've been speaking with for a very long time. And that point came up where, you know, she said, have you ever thought about being diagnosed for ADHD? And I said, oh, well, why do you say that? And she said, well, when we have these conversations, a lot of the same things seem to reoccur. And she was like, you know, I don't want this to seem overwhelming, but this might be something worth you looking into. And um, you know, fast forward time, you know, I've recently found myself in, in school with, you know, my daughter's teachers and, and we believe that my daughter now may have it too. Um, and actually I feel like it's my responsibility, not just for myself, but for my little girl now too. The more I can understand this, the better I can be in terms of like dealing with it with my child too. And I think for me, it's a case of not making 
the diagnosis or the process overwhelming. It doesn't need to be. It's just a part of our story, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, ultimately, as you I are said, who you are. You are, you are who you are. It hasn't changed the past of who you are. You don't suddenly, I think part of my worry is that, oh, this is mean I have a new identity. It's like, no, like you're the same person, but it just means that you are able to understand aspects of self better. And perhaps it also does give you an element of permission, probably to more to yourself, to actually engage and support at various parts that need a little bit more focus and harness the stuff that's good as well because i think you look at you look at people that are whether it's ceos or people that are athletes or done things for example like like you've done and so on it's quite common to see people with adhd in those spaces because there are great superpowers that i know superpowers Huge. is a little bit sounds a bit kind of like no you know, it's i agree marvelous it is. It is but a it genuinely it can be harnessed to great effect like the ability to focus intensely and have like an extreme determination at times is, is really helpful but then also being forgiving of yourself when you go through to, like, with days weeks or months where you don't have that and your focus is is off because that's a big part of it. it's the swing between being able to focus i find hugely on things but then the simple tasks or stuff that comes up that i just can't seem to get done and then yeah. you, you begin to become a little bit more compassionate towards that stuff you will learn techniques and ways to actually get through that because there's a lot of stuff that you can do that can really help and but also then you you really do celebrate when actually do you know what this part of me is amazing for getting this stuff done i think for me it's more a case of what more could i achieve knowing and improving the situation that i find myself in you know like you said i think it's it's the the distractions and the procrastinations that i really struggle with you know things that might ordinarily take somebody 10 minutes to achieve, could sometimes take me two hours. And I don't have an explanation for that. And it's so frustrating when you're so deeply passionate about something and want to get it done, but there is just something in here, in this head, preventing it from happening. And um, I think ultimately for me, it's just being kinder to myself. The, the reality is, is that this is just a part of who I am. And as frustrating as it is, you know, it probably isn't going to, go away but what I can do is work on trying to maybe improve it or how I approach it and again what we were discussing about acceptance I come to accept that this is just an element of myself that maybe not everybody else on earth has but that doesn't mean it has to be a bad thing so you know I'm, I'm excited for the future I think I have more awareness of myself now than I've ever had before and I think that sometimes can come with age um, you know, and I think you have to be. It's, it's more of an optimistic view on the future. Mm. Absolutely. You know, it's funny because you're talking about with ADHD now. I mean, last night I was, um, I was about to go to bed. I've been staring at my cupboard for the last at least six months. Thinking I need to sort it out. You have like loads of clothes, of all sorts of stuff with you. Like, I really need to, to sort all that stuff out. Um, and uh, and I've just been staring at this cupboard for, for ages. And then all of a sudden last night I've like pulled out all the clothes. Abby's come in and I've separated all the stuff that no longer fits me because I've obviously lost quite a bit of weight and so on. And I've retidied it all. It's just funny how that's a good example of like an ADHD scenario. I've been staring at it for six months and for no reason, I just like something just happened. I was literally going to go to bed and thought, oh, I don't know, I'll sort this whole cupboard out. I spent 45 minutes and sorted it all out. And you just learn to go with the flow of that stuff. It's like, ah, it'll do it at some point. It'll do work you, out. Do you think she's more supportive with you with that understanding too because again i think this is what's really important for people to understand is that it's not just about yourself but i think it's the awareness yeah the well, individuals like can Abby have around and you too and the you team know? the rest of the whole team i think i think everyone just understands a bit more of like why you are as you are and when people understand that um they you know it just 
I think it makes life a lot, a lot easier. Josh, let's do our uh, health fact of the week. So um, we're going to pick number one. Cool. Um, I've got a few options here. Uh, you can actually see better when your body is full of adrenaline. So adrenaline gives you better eyesight by uh, cueing the muscles or um, causing the muscles of the iris to contract, thereby, thereby allowing the pupils to expand, so allowing more light in and so on. This way you can see more clearly when you're avoiding your boss or your ex or a lesser predator. <laughs> Did you add that bit about the ex? <laughs> so adrenaline, and then let's do another one. Adrenaline causes uh, the lungs to expand. So you know, I, I guess adrenaline's role, role is to um, you know prepare you mentally and physically and uh, physiologically for danger or a challenge, doesn't it? So it does all sorts of things around the body. But yeah, so adrenaline, one of the things it does is causes the, like dilation of um, your your lungs or the pockets in your lungs to allow the maximum amount of oxygen. Wow. Yeah, and it's just an amazing part of it. You know we. You know, anxiety and these things, we feel that kind of rush, oh my gosh, that adrenaline. It's worth remembering that adrenaline has a really important role and a profound role. So it might feel quite extreme at the time we've an adrenaline rush, but that's because it is. Like, yeah. it's, it's incredible and it's an incredible drug, really, when you need it. I mean, imagine at points adrenaline must have kicked in during your runs to push you through and to keep that body yeah. going. Yeah, right? many, many, many a time. You know, it's, it's an incredible and profound thing. Well, on that note, I say a huge thank you to you. Um, we'll leave a link in uh, the show notes towards uh, the book, of course, and c congratulations uh, on that. And we'll, we'll share it once we have, you know, a copy or whatever. We'll share it as well because I think it's amazing. You know, I, I you know, I feel very proud. You said about pride. I feel proud of you that you've done that. It's thank really you awesome, guys. man. Thank so you. awesome. Thank, thank you for you. joining us on the Stompcast. Oh, it's my been pleasure. Wicked. You're a legend, and I'm going to join you. Well, you guys, you must come along. Hey, come along to the club. We're going to be running, not in the nightclub. We're going to be running in the, <laughs> in the Sunday morning club, and it'll be really fun. Charlie, coming along. Charles loves a good run, yeah, don't you, Charlie? Come along, bring on, bring your warm gloves. You're going to go and pop and get some gloves, aren't you, today? You'll come along. All right, wicked. Thank you, guys. Um, well, we'll see you over in behind, on Behind the Stompcast and Apple Podcasts. If you subscribe, you can do the free trial. Stick around um, uh, if you enjoy it. We do a Dr. Alex's Diaries every Thursday. You've got Behind the Stompcast um, and quite a few other things. Oh, early access, isn't it, Charlie? So we, you can listen from midnight on a Friday where everyone else will get the episode on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. That's correct, Abby? It is correct. Go ahead and, and check it out if you haven't already. Enjoy your day, whatever you're up to. Thank you for joining us. Take care and goodbye. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium.